Welcome to Four Down Territory. As Stick and Mike take a look at the four biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Slareth and Evans kicking it off with First Down. Matt Smith in for Mike Evans. Good morning and happy Friday. You made it to the weekend. Unfortunately, we're in this weird pattern where it's just going to snow every weekend in Colorado. Not snow during the week, but... It's been beautiful all week. It's been gorgeous all week, right. but you know now you're, you're off of work. You want to get outside and a little snow. So if you're heading well, up to the mountains like Mike, yeah, maybe you're made in the shade, but down here it's going to be a little chilly. First up, Jared Bednar, man. Not happy at all with where his team is at. Whether it's mental, physical, or buy-in, whatever it is, like at times during the game, it's just like we we make um, you know we play soft and we come in our zone um, more than one guy at a time, and um, you know swinging off checks and they execute and capitalize and score and then we go do it right again for another 15 minutes and you know give up another grade a chance it's like seems like uh some of them were turnovers tonight that were really unforced you can talk about grading for jared bednar he didn't get too hot very often but that's about as grading as you're going to hear from Jared Bednar as the Avs dropped another one. This one, 6-3 to the Lightning on the road, of course, in a rematch of the 22 Cup Finals. Mark, they go 1-4-1 and on this six-game road trip. It's, uh, it, they got some problems here. They, they, do, some problems. They, they do have some problems. The other thing is, is you can hear all that stuff from the coach. But unless you have the players inside that locker room to say, hey, man, like, we have to accept this. Like, you, you could be pissed that he essentially called you soft. Which he, which he did. Yeah. Yeah. You can be pissed about it. <clears throat> but until you kind of embrace it and and take it for what it is, and then say as a team, like, Jared Bednar isn't going to make one check. He's not going to make one play out there. He ain't doing anything. Mm-hmm. None of those coaches are. Right. That's It's your team. Until you take it from, from that perspective, this is our team. Like, we're the ones that have to go out here and do this. Um, you guys have to clean that stuff up. And, boy, I'll tell you what, it just has been, it has been those lapses. It has been, like, in front of the net, in front of their own net. Mm. It was, yesterday, it was just, it was look lethargic. It yeah. looked like there was lethargy and um, a lack of energy and almost concern for keeping the lightning out. I don't know, it just, that's how it felt to me. Well, he talked about it's got to mean more. I mean, it's got to mean more. I mean, for a group that just won the cup, that has cup aspirations here, yeah. it's got to mean more. That's not that's not great. No. He continued, and he spoke a little bit to what you just addressed about having the leadership in the locker room here. Second down. we got to figure it out. I mean, it's up to us to figure it out, right? So we'll have to figure out our game plan and what we want to present to our team and the message and... We'll have some discussions. We got two days, but it's disappointing because I think, like, I just I can't help but feel I, I know this team well, right? We we've got more to give than that. Whether we're a little on the delusional side or we're frustrated, like there's there's just you know we we, we have to be better than we were tonight. All right, so calls the team soft. Calls the team. At least maybe some parts of what's going on delusional. Mm-hmm. Says we gotta be better. It's gotta mean more. Is this maybe the most I don't know if rattled is the right word, but 
This is probably the biggest challenge that he's faced from a coaching perspective, in my opinion, the last several years, where they're at right now. Yeah. Not only is he challenged, but then he put it back on them. Right. It may be he may have just issued the biggest challenge that he's issued in the last two seasons. For sure. For sure. And, and he's he's what he's saying here is that we're trying a bunch of different things. Right. And he, he, he continued last night talking about how, look, I mean, I'm pulling clips of the most fundamental stuff. And if I'm pulling these clips at this time of the year, it is not a good sign. So... I'll just, I just say, I just, let me, it's just watch out here. I mean, they, they got to get back on track. They got 7 to 10 at home here. They got to start winning some games. From, from a psychological standpoint, like, I think at some point you got to you gotta sit down with your team and say, the Savior is not walking through those doors. Right. Right? Yeah, Gabe's not coming. Gabe, <laughs> Gabe is not going to play this no. year, and we can't count on Val. Right. So, you know, if you guys are sitting around waiting for the trade, trade deadline to happen to see what we get, like it's like kids waiting for Christmas morning to open some packages, like you're sorely mistaken. You ain't getting anything. Don't count on that happening, right? Yeah. I, I, like It's almost like, yo, let's wait around to see what we get. I don't know. I, it, there's, psychologically, there's just something missing here. Third down. Last night, herstory was made. I'm just filled with so much gratitude and love and um, the way the fa these fans support women's basketball is so special and um, yeah, I mean, you all knew I was going to shoot a logo three for the record. Come on now. Here comes Clark. How will she go for history? There it is! The all-time leading scorer in women's college basketball. Career high 49. For Caitlin Clark, the Iowa women's basketball superstar who set the record last night, breaking Washington's Kelsey Plum's all-time record for most points scored in a female collegiate basketball player's career mark with four more games. If she can find a way to match her average at 32 points, she will break Pistol Pete Maravich's all-time record for points in a college career. Amazing. Just absolutely amazing. I love it, too. You knew I was going to hit a yeah, logo three for the... Uh, Oh, she, record. She, she's, I mean, she got swag. Man. Oh, my she's, gosh. She'll talk trash. She's cold-blooded. Yeah. Cold-blooded. She is. All right, uh, we'll punt on fourth down on the other side. Let's get back in the abs, and there's some things that I want to talk about. There's some is it just me's on the text line, some other reaction. We'll dive into all that good stuff. Mike off on a Friday. Matt Smith in for him alongside the big fella. Ever since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my hiding spots. Ha! Found ya. How? That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity. Now through March 21st, get started with 200 megabit internet for $25 a month for two years with no annual contract and get Wi-Fi equipment included. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Requires paperless plan auto pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and Wi-Fi equipment. Actual speeds vary. Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. Hello? I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call it. Matt Smith in for Mike Evans. Mark Schlereth's here. Sid and John behind the glass. Join in on the Ramoslaw.com text line 303-713-1043. Is it just me or is Karma Chameleon played out? Somebody wrote that? Somebody wrote that. 
Johnny, suspend that player. <laughs> suspend him, please. Suspend him. That's at least a five-game sussy for yeah. you. Yeah. Sorry about that, pal. Yeah. Is it just me? Or why doesn't Gabe turn in his captain's badge? He fully plans on on coming back. Do you just turn it over? No, no. I see. This is this is where we're at here with Avs fans. Like they're reaching for something, mm-hmm. but you can slap that C on anybody else's chest in that locker room, Correct. and it's not going to make a lick of a difference right now. Yeah. Gabe is your captain, and until as a franchise and organization, they have to make the decision to move off of him, or they welcome him back. He will be your captain. Mm-hmm. Just putting the C on Nathan McKinnon. That's not going to do much. And last night, talk about toughness. McKinnon took a puck to the face that bounced off his visor and right onto his nose. Mm-hmm. He's leaking everywhere, bleeding everywhere. I mean, he could barely open his eyes. I'm going, oh, my gosh. Well, that's the last thing you need. You know, McKinnon's out now. Right. You know, now he's out. You're already getting pummeled on the road, and now you just lost Nate. Guy's back out in six minutes. Yeah. I, I don't get it, man. Hockey players, professional hockey players, it's just you got to be – There's there's something in your brain that isn't – Normal. Yeah, that's not right. No, yeah, they're, they're they're all. Every one of them was a bit touched. Just um, a little. Just a little bit touched. Just but, a little. Yeah, I've always I've always felt that way about hockey players. But you're 100 percent right. Just slapping a C on somebody's chest, and yeah, I, th- that doesn't mean anything. And and here's the I guess here's the disappointing part. You sh- you don't need a C on your chest to lead your club. No, no. Right, and it doesn't have to be. It just you, you can be a young guy and lead your club. You can be an old guy and lead your club. You can be one of the best, one of the top three players and lead your club. You can be one of the bottom three players to lead your club. Right? You can develop a role that is just the antagonist to help lead your club, to bring energy in those situations. There are so many different ways to do it and so many different guys and the bottom line is you can't simply because you don't have a C, you know, you're not plastering that on your on your jersey doesn't mean you can't have dudes that step up. And I think one of the things that you have to have, like you can't force it, like trying to make Vaughn Miller the captain of your football team. He's happy action, fun guy. Mm. He does not hold you accountable guy. You know, he's the guy that's jumping off sides three times because, you know, He's going to he's going to get you so edgy that you're going to jump off sides or you're going to be late or you're going to do something stupid and he's going to make a play in a critical moment. So he's like, I'll give up, you know, 15 yards of real estate or 20 yards of real estate over the course of this game because I know in the end I'm going to win with a strip sack fumble. Right. But like that guy is not he just never was. He didn't want that role. That's not his role. It's not what he does naturally. So it, it has to be one of the guys on your club, and I'm not—I don't know who that is—but it's got to be one of the guys that just decides enough's enough, and I'm going to take over this role. And until Gabe comes back, one thing that I've been talking about on our Sunday show, certainly with Kyle, the bill comes due. I keep talking about the bill coming due, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is you are winning unsustainably for the long term, and you have been for the last year and a half. Nathan McKinnon's brilliance, quite frankly, Mark, has covered up for so much sloppy play. Uh, like last night, Kale McCarr, I mean, boy genius, you know, boy wonder, mm-hmm. we love Kale. Minus three. 
over the road trip. He's a minus five. He's making bad turnovers that are leading directly to play. It's not like it's Ryan Johansson, who we can get into him. And they, I mean, to Timbuktu you go, pal, if they can find any way to get off of him at the deadline. See you later. But you're talking about some of your dudes that are yeah. letting you down. And we've talked about this Avs team, and, and here's another texter on the Ramoslaw.com text line, 303-713-1043. Is it just me, or do the Avs need to go get Marc-Andre Fleury at the deadline? Look, go ahead. You, you want to sacrifice uh, the few prospects and the few picks that you have to just go get a goalie, and you think that's going to solve your problems? Jared Bednar talked about delusion. That is a right. delusional thought. You, it doesn't matter who's back there. you got to be way better in front of them. Yeah. If you're giving – and look, Eustace Ananen, who we've been talking about as a guy who really isn't an NHL-caliber goaltender, mm. he made 33 of 37 saves last night. I thought he was pretty solid. A lot of those goals weren't really on him. We're talking about defensive zone breakdowns, turnovers in your own end, where you just leave your goalie hanging out to dry. Right. So Bednar talked about how the goals against is a problem. A lot of that doesn't have to do with the goaltending. It hadn't been great. Now, don't get me wrong. It certainly hadn't been great. Correct. There's been some softies, but the bottom line, if you're giving a bunch of rebounds and you're not clearing the puck in front of the, you know, in the crease, like, those things, sorry, those are going to go in. Yes. Eventually, they do. Even the best goaltenders save about 50% of those, you know, at the best. Mm -hmm. At the best. So now you're dealing with a situation where, okay, we're, we're too easy to take out of the game. And when I say that, I'm talking about specifically playoff hockey. If you've got one line, and we saw it play out in Seattle, if you have one line that is driving the bus, McKinnon, Rantanen, Druen for this team, mm. it is too easy to match up with those guys and make life hard on them, especially in the playoffs. The reason the Avs went on the cup run at 22 is because they could send lines and waves. Mm. And you brought it up earlier, and as Bednar called out his team for being soft at times last night, what are the pieces that they're missing? Landeskog, right? Nachushkin, and they really never replaced Kadri. They mm-hmm. tried to do it with Ryan Johansson, and what a spectacular fail that is! Right. The point is that was your whole second line right there, and even parts of your first line from that Cup run year. I mean, that's your heart and your soul. That's your grit. That's your determination. That's your toughness. Those are your guys that are willing to go lay a check. Those are the guys that are going to get into the greasy areas, mm-hmm. do the thankless jobs. The Avs don't have that right now. So when Bednar talks about, hey, look. You know, I, I'm not exactly sure what's going on, if there's some delusion here, but we've got to stop waiting till other teams bring us a game to decide to show up. Because they have a target on their back still. Much as the Nuggets are going through it and much as the Avs did last year, if you're at the top of the mountain, other teams will look to you as a litmus, litmus test for right. their See own where games. we are right now. Absolutely. 100%. Where are we? That's what, that, you know, that's what makes a run like the, the run Kansas City's on. You, like, you don't have any, like, oh, I know we hate Kansas City, but the respect I have, because I know playing with the target, what it's like every single week, you're, you become everybody's Super Bowl, you know, you become everybody's uh, Stanley Cup, and you're 100% right, you know, especially when you have arguably the two best players in hockey. Right. With on McCarr your squad. And McKinnon. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's 100% true. And so, yeah, yeah, you're, you're. You know, everybody uses it, whether it's Tampa Bay or whether it's one of the best teams in the league or one of the worst teams in the league. They're sizing up. Man, I just... And when you have those type of guys, you got to do whatever it is as a front office to surround them with the best talent available and do what's best for your hockey club. One thing that I think Pierre Lacroix has done, or, or did rather, quite frequently, is he really didn't care about your feelings. 
You know, mm-hmm. it was I'm going to do what's best for my club. I'm a little uh-huh. nervous that over there we're a little loyal, you know, caring a little too much about what some of these guys that are in the building that may not be pulling their own weight think. And at this stage, there's no time for that. Right. There's no time for that. It's time to rip and roll. And hey, man, I mean, if you're not going to help us, then we're going to find somebody else that can. We'll see how they approach it at the deadline. They can't make any moves unless they move money out. So right now I hear, you know, Matt, who, who should they get? Should they go get this guy? I don't know because they have no space right now. So unless they want to slap a first-round pick on Johansson and send him out of here, I don't know what they're going to do. Mm. So as you mentioned earlier, don't look around like help is about to come through that door. Right. right? I mean, Landiscock's not coming back. Who knows what the heck is going on with Val? If he will even come back, I don't know. Here's a quote for you. Okay. I, I picked this quote up somewhere. I don't know who, whose quote it is, but it was just an Internet thing floating around. I wrote it down. The magic pill that you're looking for is in the work that you're avoiding, mm. right? And that pretty much sums them up. They, they, the magic savior ain't walking through the door. Both on the ice and in the front office. Denver Sports yeah. Station, 104 through the fan. Here's Schlereth and Evans with What's Trending right now. Smith in for Mike Evans. Good morning. Happy Friday. You made it. It's a little gloomy. A little foggy out here, at least down here in DTC. Going to be chilly this weekend, but you did make it to the weekend. Well, the good news is yours truly is going to be sitting at a baseball game this afternoon in Arizona. Is that right? Yes, yes, indeed why, it is. Why? why? Opening of college baseball. And so my son oh, coaches right, right, at right, Western right, right, Michigan. Right, right, He's the pitching coach at Western Michigan, which leads me to why do we not have baseball in Colorado? I mean, college I know, baseball. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm saying it's CU. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, a whole nother. That is a whole conversation. It's Title can, Nine. That's why. Well, but if you can play it in Michigan, you like so. OK, so add a college baseball team and a and a softball team. Dion can. Dion is good enough at marketing to get that to go. And then he just shows up to go baseball games. It's the, it's the greatest thing on the planet. I think you make the argument that maybe outside of skiing or maybe some of the, even these track athletes, that baseball's in-state, probably the best-produced talent from Colorado in baseball. Maybe yeah. even hockey. But the two of them. N- not, no real options for college sports in either one of those. All right, it's What's Trending. First up in What's Trending, it's NBA All-Star Weekend. The Nuggets only have one representative, and that is Nikola Jokic. And his coach yesterday, did you see Michael Malone said he felt sorry for Nikola that he had to go to Indianapolis? Yeah. 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 I mean, that team is burned out. We'll get to the Nuggets here coming up a a little bit later. But tonight is the celebrity game. I want to read you some of these names. Because you tell me if the NBA should be allowed to get away with using celebrity. Okay. Okay. Tristan Jass. Dylan Wang. Quincy Isaiah, Jack Ryan, and no, not John Krasinski from the Amazon series. Right. Kwame Onwachi. Uh, sir, S, lowercase i, capital R. Are we, I mean, what are we doing here? I don't know. I thought this was a celebrity game, not the, you know, YouTube content creator game. Is that is that where we've come to? This I is the best the NBA can at, do? At this point. The only name I recognize was Jack Ryan. That's right. And it's not even the same guy. Right. <laughs> Micah Parsons is going to play. Okay. You know him? Yeah, CJ sure. Stroud. Okay. Connor Daly, apparently he's an indie car driver. Uh, Walker Hayes, I know him. He's a country singer. Okay. 
But, I mean, what are we doing here? I don't know. I mean, is that not the most pathetic thing you've ever heard? It's pathetic. So tonight is the celebrity game. It's also the Rising Stars game. Nuggets don't have a have a representative there, although you can make the argument Peyton Watson or Christian Brown may have deserved it. Tomorrow is All-Star Saturday night, and it has become a complete and total sham. You want to know the dunk contest participants? I just mentioned, can you name any of these celebrities? Right. So Jalen Brown from the Celtics, he's going to do it. You okay. know Jalen yeah. Brown. Everybody knows Jalen Brown. Yeah. Mac McClung. He's not like the, the YouTube guy, is he? The, he's the G League dunker. Yeah, the G League yeah. dunker. Okay. Okay, that's one. So okay, you, so so you I do knew. I yeah. do know. He actually won it last year. Yeah, because he's pretty much a freak show. Yeah, he's a small little white kid jumped yeah. through the gym. Yeah, I mean, over 40-inch vertical. Jacob Toppin. Yeah, I don't know him. Another G League player. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing, NBA? I'm sorry. And then how about this one? Jaime Jaquez Jr. Uh Got any idea? No, no clue. What 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 school do you think he went to? Not what not what he's a rookie. What school do you think? Jaime Hawkins Jr. Uh I have no idea. Right. Neither does neither does your average basketball fan. What right. we're tuning into is watching the stars. And I'll go back to LeBron James ruined the dunk contest by never doing it. It was a rite of passage. Everybody did it. Michael did it. Kobe did it. Carter uh-huh. did it. LeBron that said he was too cool, and ever since Dude, the dunk contest be, been trash. It used to be, in my day, it was it was VCR. Since your VCR, that's right. It was right? appointment television. Yeah, it was one of those things that you wanted a record of, so you could go back and watch it. When Spud Webb won it, and Dominique Dominique Wilkins was in it, and and Larry Nance, and it's, jo- it's just a joke. Yeah, it's a joke. It's a sh- it, it, like I said, the NBA ought to be embarrassed they're even putting the event on. I just say, you know what? Everybody go to your All-Star Saturday Night Parties, and that'll be it. Dumb. <laughs> Tiger Woods making his way around a golf course again. I was watching him yesterday. He shot 72, scrambling like a fiend, shot 72. But he was dealing with back spasms. Uh, I'm telling you, I just I just tuned in for less than a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And... I was watching him walk. I didn't know he's had back spasms. I was watching him walk, and I was like, there is no way that dude's going to make it through four days of a tournament. Just the way he was walking, it just looked painful. And he's got to wear the sleeve on the leg because the leg is so deformed at this stage. But he's still, you know, he makes his way around. It just, it feels like to me, the best, well, first of all, the best of Tiger is clearly far behind him. Do we ever see him contend again? There could, I mean, he still has that one, that one, I think he still has that one tournament. And contend is, that's a big word. Did, could, could I see him win a tournament? Yeah. I could see him, like, all the stars align, and he feels great for no apparent reason, and puts together, you know, two final rounds that are just spectacular and wins one. But it's not like it's, it's, it's going to be... He's going to need to catch everybody else on a bad week, too. That's the yeah, truth. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of, there's got to be, there's going to be, like I said, the stars are going to have to align. Everything's yeah. going to have to be right. But I just, I just know what it's like to play when you feel like garbage, Ugh. right? And how hard that is. And I also know what it's like when, for no rhyme, no reason, you just feel freaking awesome. Right. You're just on. It's everything's yeah. dialed. You got your feels and everything's yeah. cooking. I love it. I just, you know, I mean, Tiger, he's one of the few remaining 
real legends that are still actively participating. It just he's gonna be one of the goat. I mean, you consider him the goat. You want to put Jack up there? I understand, yeah. but at the very same time, it's kind of it's just sad, you know. It's sad to see what what's happened to him over the years. But again, he's forty eight, so to, here's what I'll say about Tiger. I think you said it well at the beginning of that. Making his way around a golf course four consecutive days, I think, is just going to be a challenge for him. Correct. Unless they let him drive around in a cart or something like that, which, honestly, if you were to let any golfer ever have an exception for what that dude does to your sport and the right. eyeballs he brings, yeah. just give him a damn golf cart, man. If that means he's going to be in contention, mm-hmm. I mean, what, what does golf care about morals anyway, right? I mean, come on. Right. See, Rob Manfred, the MLB commissioner, says that by 2029 he's going to step down. I did not see that. Yeah. Yeah, that is like 14 years too late. This guy has been awful for the game of baseball. I mean, everything. I mean, I know that they cleaned up the rules, but getting people to care about baseball, he has failed so badly. And maybe there isn't any getting people to care about baseball at this stage, but do you see the new uniforms they came out with? Mm -hmm. The MLB has a new licensing deal where Nike and Fanatics came together. I mean, this looks like you're picking it up off the off the rack here. They, they're ter- all the players are complaining. They're so I, I, baseball has always been so slow to change, so slow to implement, so slow to keep up with the time. So you know, so staunch in there. It's you know America's pastime, and we don't and I, there's a whole young generation. Like I enjoy watching baseball. I enjoy sure. the flow of it and everything else, but you talk to any young person, they're bored stiff by it. Most of them could not name a single MLB player. Yeah. I mean, most of them, if we're just being honest. You uh, you going to sign up for that Rockies package? Uh, let's, <laughs> uh, I don't actually don't think my phone gets that app. I don't love it that much. <laughs> Matt Smith in for Mike Evans alongside Mark Schlereth. Back with more in a minute. It's Schlereth and Evans on Denver's Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. Matt Smith in for Mike Evans. Good morning, y'all. Mike is off today. The big fellas in in the house, though. You're leaving a little early, though, yeah? Dipping dipping out, huh? Yeah, I'm dipping out. i got to catch a flight. Uh, Next two weeks, I'm going to spend some weekends on the road watching some college baseball. My son's the pitching coach at Western Michigan. So cool. I love that. It is so so much fun. You get to know the kids and some of the families, and then... uh, and, you know, it, it just takes you right back to when my son was pitching at Arizona, and every weekend I was somewhere watching, you know, watching the Arizona uh, Wildcats. So it's just, it's really cool, man. It's college baseball is a, it's still a great game. You know, I was telling Mike yesterday, it's really interesting the how college baseball versus college football and pro baseball or pro baseball versus college baseball or excuse me versus pro football. So in college right now, a lot of the collegiate coaches are trying to get to the NFL because they feel like they can no longer coach. It's more about babysitting, recruiting, making sure kids are happy because if they're not happy, they're jumping in the transfer portal. And it's, it's this feeling of we're raising a bunch of soft, entitled athletes that, that I can't, I don't feel like I can do my job anymore. So there's a bunch of college coaches that are infiltrating the NFL. They're they're moving from college and they're moving into the NFL. 
And and part of the reason you can do that is because you're paying the head coaches so much money that you want to start eliminating some of the salaries so you can get them for cheaper. So that's going on in the NFL right now, and it's really it's really interesting to watch this thing go on. And in college baseball, a lot of professional baseball people, scouts and especially coaches, are trying to bounce out of the professional game into the college game because they feel like it's real baseball and they can actually coach people. So it's kind of the, the juxtaposition of totally, the two totally yeah. changed. And it's really interesting to watch. Hell, the, the, the Minnesota Twins pitching coach left Minnesota in during the season last year to take on the LSU pitching coach job. He was the pitching coach last year. LSU won the national championship. He is now the manager, I believe, of Georgia, the Georgia baseball team. So, And when he left Minnesota, the Twins, and went to LSU, his salary doubled. As the pitching the pitching coach from from you know from the Minnesota Twins doubled his salary going going to LSU and we're talking we're talking I mean he doubled high, the salary yeah high yeah. six figures I gotcha to I leave gotcha. to leave so it's it's it, college baseball if you're it's you got to be in the right right you got to be SEC you got to be you know you got to be in the right scenario but yeah it's a uh, it's just different man it's it's which is kind of interesting just to watch the whole thing unfold and kind of a front row seat to it. I think that's awesome. I hope you have a great time. It's going to be nice weather down there. Certainly nicer than it's going to be around here this weekend. Somebody says you sound like a boomer because of your college baseball takes. I, okay. I mean, sorry. You, you, you like the dude, game. Dude, but, here, but here's, here's the deal. You know, I sound like a boomer because of the college kids and the NIL and getting in the transfer portal. There was a time, and, and sorry, you know, for young people out there. But when the going got tough for you, you either dropped a set of nuts mm. or you didn't get to play. You either figured it out or you got released. Can't like do you, it. They, there, was, there was a toughness that's required. There was a kind of the burn all boats mentality. I don't have any other option. And sorry, you know, if, if that hurts your feelings... If the, if that if that you know if that, uh, I just it's different. I get that it's different, but there is something about there is something about developing a callus and developing a toughness when things don't go your way to get back in and grind and just figure it out. Um, so yeah, I mean if that hurts your feelings, that hey, if it hurts your feelings that I'm tougher than you, then. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to uh, offend in your right. insecurities or whatever right, right. Dion said. Yeah, it was this a, year. don't let my confidence right. offend your insecurities. Exactly. He's tired. Yeah. <laughs> we were speaking of baseball and the way that I think you make baseball more interesting. Stop testing for steroids. Oh. Be done. Just let these guys hit the ball 500 feet and let's just be done with it. I'll watch the. I'll I'll buy your Rockies package. Right. Then, then I, you know, I I saw that piece that came out a little while ago about that whole Olympics that's coming next summer where they're not testing for any performance enhancers and just uh, letting the athletes complete. I was thinking to myself, is baseball the best sport that you could let guys juice? Like, what 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 sport would you like to watch where you could just let guys, you know, get after it? Is it baseball? Oh, yeah. back, back in the day when McGuire and Sosa were going toe-to-toe and... That's when baseball was at its best. Oh, dude, that I, was the peak. I remember, I remember going to a Rockies game where St. Louis, the Cardinals were playing, and McGuire was up, 
and he hit one that over over left field. You know where they have like the hot dog stand out there sure. left for, on In the, the concourse? concourse. Yeah, that went over the top of the hot dog stand and exited the you know the the parking lot. It's just like the players' parking lot That's over right. there. Exited. It was five hundred some odd feet. Just exited Coors Field. Gone. Dick shot. And when he trotted around third base, everybody in the stadium, 40,000 people, stood up and gave him a standing ovation. Is it your opinion that all those guys should be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, absolutely. I don't understand why not. I mean, stop pearl-clutching baseball. They literally saved your sport. They well, saved the sport. Okay, here's here's always been my issue with that. Like, one, you know, the hitters have been punished. There was a ton of pitchers. That we're using too. So every like there was a lot going on. The there. managers, right? I mean, come on, equipment guys. You know, Bud Selig's in the Hall of Fame. Dude, you turned a blind eye to it. You knew it was going on. Everybody in baseball, I I don't care who you are, you knew <laughs> it was baseball's dirty little secret. That's right. And and the only people that are being punished for eternity are the Barry Bonds and the Mark McGuire's and the Sammy Sosa's and 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 uh the Clemens and the Clemens yeah. and, and all the guys that saved your freaking sport you're punishing them meanwhile Tony LaRussa he's right. okay he's good you don't good think go. he didn't know what was going on yeah. Bud Selig like everybody else <laughs> right just to go, just to get skate by the trainers were handing it out in the locker rooms I mean, come on. It's just ridiculous. We talked a little bit earlier about the foundation for the Broncos, and we came up with six of 12 foundational pieces based upon a matrix put together by Daniel Jeremiah. Uh And obviously just a loose exercise. But the reason I wanted to bring it up is because entering this massive offseason for the Broncos yet again, Mm -hmm. I mean, another season where you're in a quarterback search. If it's not a quarterback search, it's the coaching search. And we know the last eight years. We understand the history here. I think it's important to understand what you have in place before going out and making the decision based upon limited resources, be it salary cap or draft capital, to go out and make a move. Am I wrong there? Or or do you just go get the guy? Do you just go get the quarterback? And then you'll figure everything else out later. The, the, the problem with the, the philosophy of just go get the quarterback is we know of all the quarterbacks taken – there's about a 20% success rate to find your franchise quarterback. And, you know, this this drove me crazy during the playoffs. The divisional round, eight quarterbacks, seven of them are first-rounders. Seven of them. Well, you know, it, it's, it's what drives me crazy about analytics and statistics. You can make it say whatever you want it to say. Two of those seven were Baker Mayfield on his fourth team. You can't sit there and say, yeah, that one worked. Mm-hmm. The other one was Jared Goff, who who Los Angeles goes, he can't get us over the top. We're going to get rid of him. And then they subsequently won a world championship with Matthew Stafford. So, like, you, you can't point to that. The other thing is, of all the quarterbacks taken, right, the majority of the quarterbacks taken are first-rounders because we've elevated that position. Sure. And the problem, and the problem with that is, is a lot of those guys that are taken in the first round are probably second or third round talents. Overdrafting quarterbacks. Right. So even though there's eight guys or seven guys that are represented in the the divisional game, you know, the divisional playoff game, that were drafted in the first round, how many of them are truly graded graded at first round picks? Like, there's probably two or three of them that were second or third round picks. 
that got drafted in the first round. And so you've got to, like, you've got to, you, you've got to, you know, look at it with some realism right. and, and some realistic nature. So the problem with trying to move up and, you know, trying to move up and, and mortgage the future is one, you've already mortgaged the future for a guy who couldn't, who, who couldn't get it done. And then and you Russell did it Wilson. for a coach. Yeah. Right. And then you did it for a coach. And so uh, my thought process is more on the lines and, and I'll, I'll remain on this. And this is the other thing that, that kills me about this is I still go back to let me go back into free agency. Let me get some guy who was young, who was in need of some football rehab and some learning, who has learned a system and has had some stability and now is ready to make that jump. And the guy I keep coming back to is Sam Darnold. And now I have the advantage of sitting down with Sam and talking to him um, or, or being on the field with him and talking to him for probably the last two games of the season Two 15-minute windows, just one-on-one, mm. just myself and Sam. And and then talking to the coaches, talking to you know Kyle Shanahan, what he's been through, Brian Greasy, what he's been – actually, I didn't talk to Brian Greasy. I talked to their O-line coach about what he's been through. I, I just – you know, and getting a perspective on, on kind of where he's gone. And, and one of the things that intrigued me about this more than anything else was – when Kyle Shanahan said, listen, he got drafted to the Jets. Jeremy Bates was the offensive coordinator. Jeremy Bates was learned football through the eyes of Peyton Manning. So he's trying to put in the Peyton Manning offense. And Kyle goes, there is one guy right. <laughs> in the history of the league that can play the Peyton Manning offense, and it's Peyton Manning. And so, like, Sam Darnold never learned an NFL-style progression passing game until his last year in Carolina when everybody got fired and Ben McAdoo took over as the offense coordinator. Mm. So in in four years or three years in the league, it was, it was eight games, nine games in before he ever was exposed to an actual NFL offense. So he spent three years in these janky college systems, you know, or yeah, the or the Peyton Manning system. And so, you know, but it's funny. We want a first rounder out of college who hasn't suffered any bumps or bruises, that's just played in a spread offense, that hasn't really operated an NFL offense. But we look at Sam Darnold, why would you want him? He failed, you know, he failed in Carolina, he failed in the Jets, and he's a bust. Well, you know, there's a lot of guys that played in the NFL they could have been pro bowlers, hall of famers, whatever, but just got put in a wrong system with bad coaching. And let me just tell you the NFL right now, there are a lot of bad coaches. There's a lot of guys that are bad coaches. And so like that's a guy that I think has had a a year of really good training mm. in a true NFL system that would take that with him somewhere and really be really be dedic- really be good. So that's where your flag is planted for yes. where you want to go. Yeah. Sam Darnold, are you looking to draft a quarterback in the back end of the draft then? Sure, I would always be in the quarterback drafting business. I would always be like, hey, man, what, where's our fifth rounder? Or if there's somebody we really like in the third round we think has got potential or a guy that could give us some flexibility to be that that 
chess piece where, you know, like that Taysom Hill type of guy that really becomes, you know, a, a complete football player. But, yeah, I would always be in that business. I've said this from the start. I would like to get Sam Darnold, and then I would like to move off a of 12 and move back a little bit, pick up a second rounder, get myself, you know, because you're going to have to make decisions on – Cushionberry, you're gonna, you might have to make a decision on Bowles. Oh, you do have to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no ifs about have, it. You're yeah. going to have to either restructure his contract or you're going to have to move on. No question. And Simmons, he's in there. Right. Too. Cortland Sutton so as there's well. So there's a bunch of those guys you're going to have to make decisions on. So I just think, I just think, if you can home grow your football team and and be really good in the draft, um. You've got a chance. You got a chance to rectify some of these things pretty quickly. So you arrive at that conclusion based on the fact that they're going to be cash strapped. As it stands, they're already what twenty million dollars over the cap, yeah. and that you have a significant lack of draft capital, right? I mean, that's right. why you're going to because if 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 circumstances were different, where you don't, where you're not cash strapped, where okay, maybe you've got a few more of these foundational mm-hmm. pieces worked in, and you're maybe happier with. With, with how far along your team is, mm-hmm. maybe then you you look to go get your guy, right? Yeah. If circumstances were different. But you're telling me, based upon where they're at, Darnold and this path, where you're going to restock the coffers, mm-hmm. you're going to go fill some of these holes of which, okay, we just talked about foundational pieces. Is, yeah, you're about 50% of, of the way there. Yeah. Well, that doesn't include players, right, you know, 12 through... 53 on your roster. Mm-hmm. You got to upgrade all those positions too. You got to get more talent in the building, cost controlled, cheaper contracts. To that, just- and that's where the draft becomes so in. The, the most important th- part of the draft is it, to me, obviously, you've got to be great at, at picking the right players that fit what you want to do and all that kind of stuff. So there's got to be a connection between head coach and between the scouts so you know what kind of what are the parameters are. Here are sure. the parameters of the player that we want. Like, look at San Francisco. Every one of their linebackers looks identical. Why? Right. Because they know exactly what they're looking for. And they've got parameters set to the scouting department to say, this is what we want. So I, I think you have to have that aspect all taken care of. Um, and to to get the players that you want, but the biggest thing you said, it cost control. That's why the draft is so important right. because now I got guys for four years, like they, they can't. Hey, Brock Purdy did an amazing job this year. They can't pay him based on the collective bargaining agreement. He has another year of making peanuts before he becomes, you know, arbitration eligible. I want to swing uh, back. That's not the right word, but but, but to, before you can pay him, he's still on a rookie deal. Sure. So he's got another year. I want to swing back to something because I think there's a lot of people that go, but stink. We've been down that road before. Teddy Bridgewater, Joe Flacco, uh, Case Keenum, right? We've we've done the veteran retread. Why would you go there when you haven't ever taken a quarterback in the top of the draft? And I think there's an interesting retort to it, and we'll bring uh, that up a little bit later. 